what is up what is up welcome back to another episode of the coaching quest hope you guys are all doing amazing at the time of this recording i have officially moved into my new house actually over the weekend while i was moving ended up coming down with what felt initially like a migraine has now transformed into somewhat of a a head cold Ugh, enough to where I'm actually going to go get the COVID test. So definitely excited to let you guys know the results of that. I do still have my sense of taste and smell. No sore throat, not super congested, maybe a tiny little bit, but it's mainly a headache and my body just is achy and it feels weak. And what's strange is it feels like I have a sunburn, but I don't. What I mean by that is my skin is super sensitive and irritated right now. So like when I put a shirt on or when I lay in bed, my back gets really itchy and it's kind of painful. So very strange, not the typical COVID symptoms that you heard. So we'll see what uh, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. I mean, as you can tell, I, I am obviously not too far out of commission since I'm recording this episode, but since I am trying to recover. I don't think that I'm going to be getting out a personal episode this week. And so what I'm bringing to you today is actually a replay of an, an interview that I did on my good friend Jake Folk's podcast, Coffee with Jake. And on that episode, Jake just likes to interview top performers, people in different fields and, and get a feel for what their daily routines and success habits are. So that's kind of what we went over in that episode. I think we had a lot of good dialogue, which is why I wanted to actually share this on this episode. You know, I know I've done a lot of episodes in the past talking about structuring your day, uh, scheduling, the importance of just gaining clarity so you don't feel overwhelmed and burnt out. And that's a little bit of what you're going to be hearing in this episode. But honestly, in my opinion, you can never get too much of that good information, even if you've already heard it, it's the repetition of ideas that eventually really ingrains it into your brain. So I hope you get a lot of value out of this episode. Now, before we start, I want to just let you in on something. This is something that I'm probably going to be sharing on each episode moving forward. But for coaches out there right now who are looking to grow their business, no, don't worry, this is not a sales pitch. This is purely out of a desire to serve you and, and deliver more value to you, I, wanna, I wanted to invite you and let you know about the Online Coaches Uprising Facebook group that is run and hosted by Ruben Driedger, the founder of Coaches Creating Impact, which is the business that I now work with, helping coaches scale to a full-time or six-figure income online. Ruben created this Facebook group with the sole purpose of providing you with everything that you need to be equipped with as an online coach to be able to achieve whatever business goals you have set for yourself. So there's free trainings in there, workshops. He's put together a mini course. It's a great place to network and collab with other like-minded coaches, which is a great way to get your name out there. It's a great place to go for resources. You can ask questions in there. So much value packed in this Facebook group. I think there's over 3,000 or so members in that group now. So the community is booming. There's a lot of coaches in there just getting tons of great value from that group, all absolutely free. And so if this interests you at all, I'm going to go and put the name of the Facebook group and also the link in the show notes. You can also just search it. It's Online Coaches Uprising. Now, when you go and ask and request approval for the group, all I ask is that you just say that I sent you or that you heard about this group from the podcast. 
Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Here I am talking to my good friend, Jake Folk. Hit record on here, and we are recording. Jake Coker Hans, what's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Thanks for joining me on this segment with Coffee with Jake, my dude. Coffee with two Jakes this morning. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, uh, of course, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I'm stoked to get you back on because we were on the Living for Longevity and now we got you on Coffee with Jake, so I'm stoked to have you back on because I feel I got reached out to by quite a few individuals, kind of like the words that you had said within that podcast. Man, it resonated with a lot of people, so I want to give you that just so we can start this conversation off with a little bit of inspiration, man. Awesome, dude. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah, good, good. Uh, what have you been up to today? Oh, today, you know, just, just another day working, man. Working with uh, just fitness coaches, helping them to, to kind of grow and scale their business. So another day yeah. at the office. I love that. Can you kind of give us an inside look into, uh, um, that's something not too recent that you've been doing, but kind of a little bit helping other coaches. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been doing health and fitness coaching for over the past five years. And it was about two years into my career where I kind of realized that <clears throat> a lot of the in industry was pivoting to more of like the online space. Right. So I, I had always wanted to get into the online coaching sphere. I just knew that there was a lot more potential out there. You could impact people at a deeper level from all, all over the world, not just within the five to 10 mile radius, wherever you lived. And so, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to establish myself as an online coach and kind of struggled to do so. Well, it was at the beginning of 2019 where I hired my first coach slash mentor, Ruben Driedger. He's a guy up in Canada and he was the one who really, helped me to understand the systems and the strategies of, of marketing yourself and branding yourself and creating an, an offer that was really going to help people make transformations with their health and fitness, but do it in a virtual way. And, uh, you know, through that process, I was really able to grow and scale my online coaching business to the point where at the end of 2019, he actually reached out to me and asked if I wanted to come on as co-coach for their business. So their company cool. is called Co Coaches Creating Impact, and that's what they do. They <clears> mentor <throat> other fitness professionals to transition from in-person training to online. And that company was growing at a pretty rapid pace and is still continuing to do so. And so he reached out to me and has since built a pretty big team, but I am just one of the, the many pieces of that team helping to coach people um, take them through the same system that I went through that that really helped to change my life as a, as an online fitness coach. Hell yeah. I love that dude. Well explained. Um, <clears throat> and within the health and wellness coach, you know, you're preparing, uh, for your days, day in, day out. And I'm sure you have a planner, uh, either online or physical to really understand what your days look like and how you set your day up for success kind of is a big piece for that and taking care of yourself. I mean, you can't take care of anyone else unless you take care of yourself. So kind of give us a little breakdown of, you know, how that day of, going in, coaching other individuals, give us a pre look into what that looks like. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'll tell you right now, like as I've started to dive deeper into the business consulting side of this, you know, the fitness industry or whatever, I'm learning more and more how critical the mindset and like the structure to the day, like your routine 
has to do with uh, how critical that is for your success as a coach. Mm -hmm. And honestly, just in any business, if you're trying to start a business or in life, but that's, that's one of the things that I've really started to um, explore and dive deeper into, because I know that, you know, you could give people all the right strategies for success and they can have these systems and things. They, they actually know exactly what they need to do in order to be successful. But if you don't plan your day appropriately, and if you don't have the right mindset going into it, um, then very often you're going to, you're, you're going to fall short of what you're doing. And so, you know, my day is, I'm, I'm big on something that I call time blocking or setting small goals. Ooh, and so, cool. so what I typically do is every single day or every night before the next day, what I like to do is I sit down and I'm old school. I have a, a day planner. Like I'm with you, man. I'm old school as well. I like to write into, dude. I'm not a big technological guy. Nope. But uh, what I like to do is first block out each individual hour segment of my day and take accountability for like what my primary focus is going to be for each one of those hours, mm. because it's not like coach. And I teach this. I mean, there's, there's specific metrics and actions that are going to drive results more than anything else that you're going to do in your business. Right. Mm. And so what we want to do, because as an entrepreneur, you know, or, or creative or whatever, it's easy to get that shiny object syndrome and get inspired. You want to do all these different things. And, and so it's easy to have your attention pulled one way or another, which is why it's so important for you to actually know where your time is going on a daily basis. So I, I literally sit down and I've got 7am to 8am, 8am to 9am, 9am to 10am, so on and so forth down there. I'll have where all of my clients, the clients that I'm actually coaching and working with, I have that blocked out. That's first and foremost. And then what I like to do is decide, okay, what hour segments of the day could I dedicate to the things that are actually going to move the needle forward. It's going to drive the results in my business the most. For me, that's creating content, that's um, doing trainings for people, that's shooting, uh, starting conversations and having messages with people who might be a potential client, doing follow-ups, all that stuff. So it's like a handful of things, but I like to have our blocks and segments because what I find for a lot of people who are trying to accomplish a new goal in their life. And, and that, this could be for anything. It doesn't even have to be for business. It could be completely unrelated to what I'm talking about. You know, I experienced the exact same thing as a fitness coach trying to help people lose weight or whatever. But when you have somebody who's trying to achieve a goal and in order for them to do so at the, the highest level possible, it's like, and it's requiring them to change multiple habits. So say they, they need to change three, four, five different things at once in order for them to really get to where they're going in as, as fast of a time as possible. Many times that can be overwhelming, especially if, if you are trying to alter decade long habits and routines that people have been, been stuck in where, I mean, at this point, it's really just subconscious uh, actions that they're taking as they're going throughout their day. They're not really even thinking about what it is, uh, that they're doing, but then now all of a sudden they have to try and implement five new things all at once. It can become very overwhelming. And that's where a lot of people get caught in that trap of analysis by or paralysis by analysis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where and I love there's so much going on. Yeah. Know? I want to interject real quick. Cause when, what you're describing to me is when these habits <clears throat> that uh, it's hard to break out of easy analogy for me was you're driving on this current lane. Okay. Well, we're not always driving 
on the same lane, right? We, we take rights, we take lefts. And that's kind of like how I picture my habits. That if something, a, a new habit that I want to attain, I picture paving a new road. And that is kind of what brought up for me when you just mentioned of, you know, how do we change these decade long habits, um, you know, that don't serve us. And for, for me, it was changing lanes and creating a new, paving a new road into a better habit because um, they always change. And I, I love that you just brought that up. I, I had to interject it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, 100%. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. And a, a lot of like behavioral specialists will say that, that, like you can't just quit a bad habit. You have to also replace it with something else. Otherwise, you're just going to fall right back into it. Yeah, you can't every stop driving. Habit, yeah. yeah every, every bad habit that you're engaged in is, is providing some amount of value to you in your life. Mm. Even if it's a destructive habit, even if it's smoking cigarettes or whatever, at some level, it's serving you. Maybe it's helping you to de-stress or kind of mm-hmm. escape from something that is, is really painful for you in your life currently. So you, it's not enough to just eliminate something and just be like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. You have to find something else that serves that same purpose. Otherwise, you're just going to end up right back where you were. I love that. Yeah, like what I, what I was saying is, you know, when, when people are trying to change all of these things at uh, at once, sometimes it could be too overwhelming. And especially with all the other things that so many people are dealing with on a daily basis, you know, whether you got uh, kids or, or family to take care of, or you're working full time, you're going to school, or maybe all of the above, it can be hard to feel like you can add anything else to your plate with what's already going on. And so I like to say, hey, the, the best way when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you're feeling stressed out with everything that's going on is you've got to first, you got to, you got to take that, everything that's floating around in your head, you got to take it and you got to dump it onto paper. You got to do a brain dump, right? And you have yes. to get organized. You have to get organized first and foremost. And that's why I, I'm a big fan of time blocking because what it allows you to do is have clarity and take accountability of each segment of your day. So say, for example, you want to do something from, for a one hour time slot. Well, it's okay if you've got all these other things to take care of. You know that for that hour, you're putting all distractions away. You're eliminating your phone. You're not checking emails. You're not on social media. You're not doing anything else that you know you need to get done. Because that's going to be there. Yes. You need to have singular focus on that one thing. You need to narrow in and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to set a mini goal for myself and a mini deadline that by the end of this hour, I need to have this accomplished. And that's honestly been one of the biggest game changing things for me. And, and I think for anybody who has a a multitude of things that need to get done in order for them to get a desired result on a daily basis, you really need to get organized with that stuff because otherwise it's just going to be just a clusterfuck of, of thoughts and ideas just in your head. And you can't, you can't figure out where to start. And as a result, you end up doing nothing and days go by and you're just stuck in this loop of just procrastination. You're just paralyzed. And so I think organizing your, organizing your day and just taking accountability, doing a time audit for how each hour of your day is being spent is probably the most valuable thing that anybody could do, in my opinion. Ooh, dude, I, I love that you brought that up because <clears throat> time slotting, it wasn't really clicking in my head, but as far as um, like building out that time in general, in my day planner, it's from 6am to 9pm. Right. Um, and I, I condone physical planners because when you write down something, it's more, you, you comprehend it more to me. I mean, you could type it into your Google calendar, but 
it's it's not the same thing because then what other things are on your phone distractions right right that's such a good point dude i didn't i've never even thought about that but that's so true it's just fucking easy to double click your phone or swipe up half the way and change the app it's not that hard and it's very easy just to you know negate to a different area where you're distracted now you know your your attention is not where it needs to be and with that time slot okay i need to do x y and z for the day Okay, let's list it by priorities. Well, groceries, cool. I can get my groceries done today, but there are certain things, and this is kind of what I've recently come across with uh, recertifying my NASM, is putting that time, putting my phone away, uh, do not disturb on my Mac, and I'm old school. Like I, I printed out the study guide. I'm not going to look at my computer to study this shit because again, there's, you know, there's like, I have my doc here on my Mac. There's like zoom, Spotify numbers, Apple TV photos. Like I could go through all that shit all day, but it's a distraction. And so for, for myself and for you, we like to create these um, things in our physical planner where there's no distractions. Like you have, you have your to-do list, which are a little bit distractions, but you'll get those done. You can get those done. Um, and you, you know what, if you don't get one done, you don't have to freak out. Like if you don't get groceries, I mean, depending on how low you are on groceries, that kind of depends, but like laundry or cleaning that shit you'll get done. But as far as reading or, you know, setting a time for meditation, stretching, exercise, good shit, communicating with loved ones, whatever it may be on your list, that time slot needs to be dedicated to that specific thing that you want to do without any other distractions. Right. Yeah. I mean, Brian Tracy, if anybody's heard of him, he's got a book and and kind of like a philosophy of life and it's called eat that frog, which I write that down. I've always thought was kind of like a weird analogy, but the whole idea is like, okay, if you have like this huge table or this buffet full of food, like all this delicious food and you have to, you have to eat all of it, but there's also like a, like a frog on it. I don't know why you would eat a frog, but there's a frog on the table. It's, it's intriguing. Like, so <laughs> get to do it. He's, he's the whole idea is like, you want to eat the frog first and, and to translate that into everyday life. It's like, you're going to have so many things that are, pulling at your attention so many of these small obligations and like you said even things like i gotta do groceries i gotta get my oil changed i gotta go do whatever you know what i gotta drop something off at the the post office like all this knick-knacky stuff that we have going on in our day he always says you need to identify what the most pressing like looming activity is but the thing probably the thing that's the most difficult the things that's occupying the most space in your mind but also the thing that's probably going to move you forward the most in whatever it is that you're trying to do. He says, what you want to do and get in the habit of doing is try to get that done very first thing in the day. Because a lot of people want to start, they want to start slow. They want to get up and then they check their emails and they respond to texts. And then they like, it's, they're doing all the knickknacky stuff in the beginning. But what happens is you, you, it's the illusion of feeling like you're productive and you're doing all this stuff and checking all this stuff off your bucket list, but you're never actually doing the things that are going to get you the result that you want. So the whole concept is eat that frog first, do the most pressing thing, the thing that you don't want to do first, and then like from there, go down the list and watch how much easier your day is. Like when you don't have the distractions of everyday life, like first thing in the morning where it's really your personal time to have clarity without everybody else, you know, before the world is awake and, and all these other things start 
popping in, like people asking for favors and asking you to do stuff, get the stuff done. That's going to move you forward, the big picture stuff. And then like you had said, go move on to that, to all the other errands and things that need to get done. Well, I like that too, because, <clears throat> and what you just said on, um, where, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Where did it go? Um, the groceries, to-do list. Oh shit. Happens what to that? me all the time, bro. That's Damn honestly it. what I was, that's honestly what I was going to what I was going to say when you're talking about, you know, putting notes in your phone, because obviously like I've had so many times and I know, I know people can relate to this when I'm like going to do something or like put something in my notes in my phone and I'll have like a notification drop down, like so-and-so just followed mm. you. And I'll be like, who is this person? And I'll go and I'll go see who it is. And I'm scrolling on their page. And then it's like, all of a sudden I'm like watching this video and yep. then I'm like on the explore page and then I'm on YouTube and I'm watching random videos. I'm like, wait, why well, was on my phone in the first place? Yes. And it's so easy. It's so easy, man. To yep. just sucked, sucked into that wormhole. And it's crazy. I, I caught myself doing this literally yesterday. I like consciously became aware of it. I like snapped out and I'm like, how did I get here? Like I was, I, I yeah. got my phone to do one thing and that like, 20 minutes have gone by and I'm like completely off the rails doing something random. And so, well, that's what just to happen. I had this, I had to put my computer on do not disturb because I just got a text message, looked at it for a split second. And then I lost my train of thought. I was like, God damn it, man. But I remember, I remembered um, what you said about emails and text messages, waking up, answering those emails, getting those text messages. Look, that shit can wait. No, like if they're pressing you soon as in the morning for whoever that is, depending on if it's an emergency or not, but if it's more or less as work, like shit, man, it can wait. Those people can wait to get their response. It's not like you're just not going to respond for a couple of days, but maybe it might take like a few hours, but prime yourself first and really ground yourself in the morning. Like you said, take that time for yourself in the morning. You know, whether you're a morning person or not, like if you're waking up at 10 a.m., which is really late for me, um, you know, set that hour from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Get, you know, hydration, stretch, or, you know, do some reading. But like you said, that's what for, um, do the something that you don't want to do at the very beginning because you're going to keep on putting it off. There's too many distractions yeah. today to um, stay focused on one and it's and it's difficult you know you know what you and i just talked about going through it just barely like it happens <laughs> to the best of us right and that's what i love to do i love to get up in the morning because i know my attention is going to be on what i don't want to do and that right now is studying for nasm like i love the content that it has but it's like it's it's studying <laughs> right it's kind of difficult yeah, man. What, one of the, one of the best things that I started doing for my mental health and just like for, for just the level of calmness and, and lack of stress that I had throughout the day was setting boundaries with technology, both in the morning and mm -hmm. night. Like I, I have a clear cutoff where after like first thing in the morning, because this, this was something I, I got in the habit of doing and it, it, I noticed it starting to take a toll on my mental health, which was my alarm would go off. And this is how I knew I would, was addicted to social media or my phone or whatever. My alarm would go off. I'd literally reach over, eyes still closed, grab my phone, turn off the alarm, go onto Instagram and start scrolling. I'm mm. like, <laughs> like, why am I doing this? Like, I yeah. don't even know what, like literally my eyes have been open for two seconds and I'm already in this kind of reactionary notification based mindset 
And that carries with you. It kind of, it honestly kind of puts you on your heels mm-hmm. for the rest of your day, rather than you waking up and setting your intentions and going through your morning routine of, okay, I'm going to get some movement in and I'm going to set my intentions. I'm going to write my gratitude journal. I'm going to review yeah. my goals. I'm just, I'm just going to get clear on like what, I, what needs to get done today. What's on my schedule. Like I have a very good idea of everything. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not in that reactionary mode, honestly. And, and when I was just getting on my phone instantly, I found that even I was like more short tempered, I was snappier with people. And so that, that first hour of the days becomes so sacred to me. Like, I don't care who messaged me over the night or anything. I, I don't check it. I literally don't many times, like I'll wake up and I'll go to the gym and then I'll get home from the gym before I even look at my phone at all and damn it's, dude that's it's some been, sheer willpower right there i know it's it's i mean i've got music and stuff obviously but yeah. like text messages i'm not like responding to clients i'm not because they can wait like you said yep. people can wait people aren't people are not just sitting around twiddling their fingers yeah. waiting for you to respond with like a timer just like all right this motherfucker <laughs> yeah. yeah and so and so you just have to have enough self-respect for yourself to create those boundaries. And the same thing with nighttime. I mean, this was something for me, like as an entrepreneur, it was very, very difficult. And this started to bleed into and negatively affect the relationships in my life where Mm -hmm. there was no clear cut separation between work life and personal life for me. And I think it was because it's at some like unconscious level because as an entrepreneur, there's, there's always that fear of like, man, what if I run out of money? Like, what if, mm-hmm. what if I don't have enough? Because obviously your income is solely based off the results that you produce on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. And so to me, I had this internal guilt where if I was doing like, maybe if, if I hadn't accomplished the income goals that I'd set for myself or whatever for the week yet, then I would, I would feel guilty doing anything that I knew was not moving me forward in my business. And that Mm. could be literally, I could be like at dinner with my parents or with my girlfriend. I would, I could be on a date and I'd be like, dude, I should be doing something. I should be creating content. Like this is a waste of time. I would literally be like, this is a waste of time. Like, why am I doing this? And it was, it was bad because although I was like checking the boxes of, Oh, I was with friends or I was with my girlfriend or I was with my family or whatever. The reality is I wasn't actually present in that moment mm. and they knew it. They knew it. And I knew it. I was like a space case. Like they'd be talking to me and it was, they could tell that I was checked out because my mind was somewhere else. I was thinking about something else and that was, it was not good. Like I got called no. out for it a lot yeah. and I'm like, dude, this, there needs to be a better way. I need to set those boundaries because, you know, along with that, I also would get to that point of burnout because I was never giving myself time to, to recharge my mental batteries. And so setting clear cut boundaries, both in the morning and in the evening where it's like, okay, I'm going to, that's why time blocking is so important. It's like, I have the hours where I'm going to get the things done that need to get done that are the most pressing things that are going to move the needle forward. And then as soon as those are done and I hit this cutoff time then I'm off, I'm turning my phone off. And I think it helps to have some type of like trigger or something that, that, is that separation for me? Um, I just moved to a neighborhood. It's, it's like a really nice neighborhood. And so after work, what I'll do, it's obviously summertime. It's, it's nice weather outside. So when I'm done with work, I will put my shoes on and I'll go for a walk, I'll go for yeah. a walk around the neighborhood. And that is like my cutoff where it's like, I'm working and I'm all stressed. And that walk is a way for me to just decompress and relax. And when I come back, it's like chill mode. It's like personal Jake. I can get yes. it with my friends and my family and all that stuff. And it's just been, 
it's been so much better for my mental health. It's been something that took me a long time to, to finally get in the groove of and learn. I love that because we're, we're talking about just walking and getting outside and such. Dude, there's, there's so many, like, I want to talk about some different cultures that, you know, uh, you know, the, the Asian culture, Indian culture, I I've seen a lot of uh, older individuals around my neighborhood and these people are just walking like they're close to 60, 70 years old. They have just some natural attire on and they're walking because they get it. They fucking yeah. get it. They're just taking a walk. Like walks are so powerful. And if you're not walking right now, get it into your, get it into your system, your habit, whatever you need to do, because walking is powerful. So powerful. Leave your phone at home. Uh, I mean, you can bring your phone along, but put it on do not disturb, put some binarial beats on or whatever puts you in the flow and just take a walk and notice the trees without naming everything, right? Like the road, stop naming things, right? Look at the yeah. clouds, the, the mountains, kind of just recognize where you're at emotionally, mentally, everything. And it, you come back, like you said, and you're just, ah, oh, like life is so good. Life is so it's, good. Let's continue living it. Yeah, it's, it's nice, man. And I, I mean, it doesn't, even, it doesn't even have to be a walk, honestly. It could be like, uh, I mean, you could have a routine where as soon as you're done with work, whatever, maybe you just light some candles and you take a shower and you put your music on or you cook dinner or something like maybe lighting the candles is, is just like a way to where it's like, Oh, I get, get relaxed, you know, put on your favorite song or, or you yeah. meditate. But like, mm -hmm. and I just feel like it's so important to have rituals that are that trigger. And this is like NLP shit. Like, They'll, they teach you this, like with neuro-linguistic programming, you can create anchors in your life mm -hmm. that as soon as that anchor is triggered, whatever it is, it could be a smell, it could be like a certain thing that you do, whatever, a certain ritual, then it, it helps to put you in a different frame of mind, even at a subconscious level. And I think that stuff is, I think that stuff is really, it's really interesting and it's powerful. I mean, you just have to find something that you can get into the consistent routine of. And I swear, like it, it really does help to prevent that mental burnout that I think a lot of people go through. Yeah, it's immensely powerful, bro. And to kind of go off of what we're talking about is, uh, you know, understanding the habit that you're doing and really, um, you know, grasping what it does for your frame of mind. I've currently done or doing when I eat, I put my phone aside, no screen time. Um, and what I'll do is more or less the food that I'm eating, like two or three ingredients is coming out of my garden. And it's very, I'm very appreciative where this came from. Uh, and what I'm doing is I'll take a bite, set the fork down and chew my food. I'll just pay attention to the food I'm eating, feeling grateful for the food that I grew into this, the taste, the texture, really breaking down the, uh, um, the food with my enzymes and my mouth. Like it's just very, it's very holistic, but it sets my, you know, the habit when I break out of the eating, I'm like, God damn, like how many people just shovel fork? And it's just, it's a, it's a, uh, digestion thing for me too. Like I feel so much better when that food is chewed up well and I was appreciative of the food and just kind of set my frame of mind. What you said. Yeah. What's funny is the common denominator with all these different things is really technology. And that's why I'm, I'm so big on, I mean, some people have coined it as like digital wellness or like mm. creating s specific boundaries for you in your life. Because I think what technology does, and obviously it's created tremendous opportunities for us and the way we communicate and all that other stuff. But at the same mm. time, I think it 
has kind of disconnected us from our innate natural instincts. Yeah. And I think it's so, you know, one, one thing that I thought was pretty interesting that I thought of a while ago was how, you know, many organized religions, they kind of intuitively knew like this, this whole, like become present and mindful around food. And I, you know, I grew up in not a religious household. I, I didn't have any type of organized religion throughout my whole life. And I always thought it was kind of, you know, all the different like ceremonies and things that they did. I thought it was weird. I was like, I was like, dude, why we got to pray before we eat? Like, I'm yeah, just trying yeah. to eat some food. But, <laughs> but then, but then, as I started to dive more into like holistic health and wellness, I'm like, man, maybe there's something to that. Is there something mm-hmm. to, for a brief moment, you know, putting all distractions aside, coming back to the present, actually giving thanks and being grateful for what it is that you're about to eat, and and acknowledging and becoming aware of the food that's in front of you. Like you were saying, it's like this level of, of mindfulness with every single bite that you take, and you, you start to honor the food, and you become more in tune and aware with your body, and like the hunger signals, it, it's telling you and all this stuff. And I just, I think that stuff is so interesting, because these are ancient practices. Oh, yeah. Practiced for however many years, thousands and thousands of years. Yep. And it's, it's funny that as we continue to advance technologically, we always find ourselves circling back to these, these basic ancient practices in, in a, as a way to like reconnect with ourselves. Oh, for sure. I love that you brought that up. Cause I mean, I mean, we could just bring Jesus into it about how he, <laughs> how he prayed. And to me, praying is meditating. Like if you're asking the totally. universe for something as well as he fasted. And so individuals are like, yeah, I do this fasting for mitochondria built up and yada, 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 help my gut. I'm like, shit, man, they knew this 3000 years ago. It's probably four too. So I love that you're, you know, how we're circling back to these ancient methodologies that it worked. They Yeah. It's, it's it. wild, man. And, and like, you know, I'm not telling, I, I like, listen, I'm, I'm not an organized religion type no, guy. Yeah. I consider myself spiritual. I'm not mm-hmm. telling anybody to go get baptized or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, no. but for these practices that have, that are centuries old, thousands and thousands of years, like there's something to that. And yes. I mean, meditation as well has been one that's been around forever. And we're just now connecting the science with the, I guess the instinctual desire to, to, to sit and meditate and just be with our thoughts. And we can literally see through, through neural scans and things like that, how it affects brainwave patterns and the effect that it has on like depression and anxiety and so, so many other things. And it's just so that stuff is so fascinating to me. Like you just always got to look back to the ancient wisdom. I mean, because there, even if you don't understand the sciences fully, and I think there's still things like that now. Like when you look at acupuncture, when you look at, um, I mean, there's other things like that. I think acupuncture is a good example where we don't really know the mechanisms of how it works and why it benefits some people, but people, I mean, there's plenty of anecdotes out there where people are like, no, this is helping my pain and my anxiety or stress or whatever. I'm sure one day we'll find out, but we just don't know. Right. Now. Definitely. So I, I think that stuff is so interesting. Fasting was another one where we're, we're just on the cusp of the, the understanding of gut health and autophagy and all of this stuff that happens 
at a cellular level with fasting that before it was like, Hey, you just don't eat one day a week. Like that's just what they tell us to do. I don't know. Just do it. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. And they didn't really understand like the scientific part of it. But now that yeah. we're understanding, like you said, the scientific, having our foot in the scientific plus the ancient way, like that's how I think about it. I'm like, well, this is now proven that they were really fucking smart, even though they didn't know the scientific method of it. They were just doing what felt right. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it just makes it. you it makes you just wonder like how like where where did that where, where did the ideas to do some of this stuff come from? It's like I literally it. divine intervention or maybe it was because back then they didn't have all this technology or your processed foods or anything they were just much more in tune with their body so it was just yep. like it's just they naturally kind of felt inclined to do some of this stuff but but no i just think that all of this i mean when it comes down to and we kind of got went off on a tangent but like when it comes down to just living a, a highly productive life where you go about it in a state of ease and poise and you keep your stress levels low i mean this stuff is so important like stay organized have boundaries with technology implement some of these practices like have rituals and routines for coming back to the present moment and if we can just remember that like technology is a tool but it needs to stay that way like the more we become inundated with it and it's only going to continue to become more and more like we we are even though our phone is not connected to us in this moment, like make no mistake, like our cell phone is an attachment of us. Like we are technically cyborgs already. Like really, I mean, it's not, it's not in our body yet. No, but think like, I I mean, you literally cannot function in today's society without your smartphone. Honestly, you really can't. And it's only going to continue to progress. Whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing. I choose to believe that, you know, it, it can be very good, but we also have to be aware of the addictive potentials of it. And we need to make sure that we are setting clear cut boundaries with ourselves so it doesn't consume us. Dude, well said. I'm, I'm, this is kind of like perfect uh, wrap up right here. So I want to appreciate you again for coming on here and sharing your secrets and how you kind of organize your day and a little bit more of a holistic viewpoint, to be honest, because that's kind of what I'm about. I'm a very holistic individual and I love to get others insights on how they set themselves up for the day and how they contribute to others and how others can take part of this too. It's not just us, right? Like you can do this people. (laughs) Absolutely, man. I mean, everybody can do it. Like it's, yeah. it's something not only can you like everybody should be doing yes. this. Like this is not should. just for the entrepreneur, the business person or whatever. I mean, this is just how to live a fulfilling life. I love and so it. Uh, yeah, man, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a good conversation with you. So yeah, I love it, brother. Maybe All we can right. do it again soon. Let's do it. I'm stoked. All right, man. Well, again, appreciate you and I hope you have a beautiful day. Likewise. Thank you. See everyone. Later.